What is up? Welcome back to Father and Son, a basketball podcast. I am Paul Shepard, the father. With me, my 12-year-old son, Luke, just completed his first week of seventh grade. How was your first week of seventh grade, Luke? It was fine. There you go. Get it all live and raw right here. Okay. All right, we're ready to talk some hoops, Luke. We've been off the air for a couple of weeks. Busy doing things, but we're back. Better than ever. Ready to talk hoops. What do you got, Luke? What do you want to talk about first? Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. Because um, I know this happened weeks ago, but, you know, we weren't here, obviously. Um, but, yeah, Kawhi Leonard to the Raptors. I did not expect this, but when I uh, I woke up early one day and I saw, like, and I saw notifications from the NBA, like, Raptors and Spurs are really close to completing a Kawhi deal. And when it finally happened, DeRozan, I think, getting stabbed in the back right then and there, being so loyal to them, probably I think he would have stayed with them for the his whole career. Try, he was trying to be the greatest Raptor of all time and um, the most loyal. And when he got traded, he he really did not think that, he, I wouldn't, I feel like he just kind of gave up. He felt like he, I don't know, he just, you know, got stabbed in the back. And then Kawhi at first, he, when he got, when he got hurt, he traded, he, when he heard he got traded to the Raptors, he, um, he was really not, um, wanting to play there. But then he, had a conversation with their new head coach, Nick Nurse, and they had a very enjoyable, apparently, uh, according to Nick Nurse, a very enjoyable 45 minutes, 45 minute conversation with Kawhi. Yeah. And so that's interesting to see, because this is the real, this is like the real deal breaker, whoever wins the trade. Because a lot of people are like, who won the trade? Is Spurs or Raptors? It depends what happens with Kawhi. Does Kawhi stay? If he sure. does, the Raptors win. If Kawhi doesn't stay, the Spurs win. Well, I, I think if Kawhi stays, then I think the it, it might be a draw because I think I think DeRozan is is really going to fit in well in San Antonio, and I so I think the Spurs win no matter what. But I think that for for Toronto, if if Kawhi doesn't stay, then yeah, they lose. They lose. And what's also really interesting is because Kawhi had a lot of doubts with the Spurs trainers. And then Danny Green, when he first showed up at Toronto, he actually didn't get approved by the trainers because the trainers found a groin injury. And Danny Green is claiming that he's been playing with it the whole year. Mm-hmm. And this proves that it's not just Kawhi <laughs> saying that the Spurs trainers are, you know, they're not doing their job correctly. But Danny Green also had a groin injury that whole year. And the Raptors are just now noticing it. And so with the Spur since he was at the Spurs, he um I would just say that it's really interesting to see that the Spurs trainers are not doing too well at their job currently and with, you know, Kawhi with the injuries doubting them. And you know, um and now Danny Green, now that apparently he has had an injury the whole year. It's it's been it's been interesting to hear that. And then you know DeRozan to the Spurs. I think Pop is um I think he'll coach him up really well. I think he'll get um he's already a solid defender, but 
if if Pop can coach him up, he can he'll be a much better defender, and um, and he'll be he already is a superstar, and he'll be even better if he can get better at defense. Well, I tell you what, I think Demar Derozan is going to be one motivated player this season. Yes, I think he's going to go out there and he's going to have something to prove. To the uh, Raptors, yeah, and I think he's going to be. I think he's going to have a big year for for the Spurs. He's going to lead the Spurs. All right. So um, the other thing that I so one of the big moves that that I think while we were out was um, you want to call it a big move, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, getting traded to the Hawks. And then you saw today that the, the Hawks, three hours later, yeah. the Hawks made uh, Melo his own jersey. He asked, yeah. he wanted a Hawks jersey, even though he's not, did not, and will not play a single minute on the court because for them. he's not on the Rockets. Uh, I saw uh, that the Hawks tweet was great. They took uh, created a, a jersey for Melo and uh, number fifteen Anthony on the back, and and said, uh, you know, they tagged him on Twitter, said your jersey's on the way. Good luck, fam, and. Uh, off it's off it is to to Melo. Yeah, because so like three, cool. three hours after the trade happened, you know it took it it would have to take I know what two more days until after he was traded to actually or like a week to actually be able to officially waive him. Right. But they were already going to cut him, which I think was a horrible move for the Hawks. I think they could have gotten much more for Dennis Schroeder, being only 24, 25, having a, a really good year last year, and then trading him and. Um, Muscala, who's um, a solid backup center for Melo, who they just cut. And so they're just giving Trey Young the offense, but I think they could have easily got somebody even better than Schroeder, who's a little more experienced in the league, and they could have, um, I just think, got a really maybe good center or power forward um, that some teams would have liked to have Schroeder, and they traded sure. him for literally nothing yeah. and then they cut mellow like three hours after and then he was looking at deals with the rockets and um lakers and the warriors i think um deals like that and he signed a um, a low contract with the rockets and i don't know if that improves them or not because yeah. they did bring back capella but they did lose a reset and they lost looking by mute well the thing about the rockets is is now you have you have two guys who need to have the ball in their hands, but to create their own shot, and that's and that's Mello, and then of course, you know the MVP James Harden, and you add Chris Paul into that mix, another guy that you know pounds the ball. Well, well Chris Paul and James Harden worked really well last year, but I think the Thunder were also trying to move Mello to a catch and shoot guy, but he didn't really embrace that role. And I Don't you think, think the Rockets are going to do the same thing? Though? Yeah, I think they're going to do the same thing. I think they ooh they could bring him off the bench and let him run the bench unit, um, and then put PG Tucker in the starting lineup for for that's still that um, that good defense with um, not good defense with Harden, but uh, Chris Paul <laughs> and James Harden, and then he got PJ Tucker for just some you know you need some veteran role, and he had a really good um, playoff. Really good playoffs, you know, with the shooting and his um, his defense. He was really good, and I think if they bring Melo off the bench, that'll give him a good role to be like a leader off the bench, and he could maybe even be close to sixth man of the year. But then there's also Dennis Schroeder, who he got traded for. So speaking of Clint Capello, what's up with that? Why why did that take so long for for that deal to get done? I think it 
took so long because the Rockets didn't want to give him a max deal because they didn't have too much money, and I don't think they wanted to give him a max deal. And Clint Capella, I think, deserved a max deal, but a lot of teams were offering him, were giving him offers, and which was really interesting. I would have, like... If I was a GM, I'd throw a max deal at Capella. He had an amazing season last year, especially on defense. And if you have him down low, you know, I mean, I don't even know what team you could have. Like, you could probably bring him in to the Spurs. You know, the Spurs have Pau Gasol, but he's getting older. Like, imagine if the Spurs got Capella. Aldridge, Capella, and then DeRozan. That'd be a heck of a well. Yeah, Aldridge they, and Capella. That'd be a heck of a front line. Yeah, and then you got the and then you got DeRozan for your scoring. And then you got Deontay Murray, who's an amazing all-around player, young, has a lot of potential. And then you have Rudy Gay, you know, a solid role player. He can drop, you know, 14, 15 a night. So I think if the Spurs did sign Capella, their team would be ridiculous. But I still think their team, a lot of people are sleeping on their team, in my opinion. Like, they're ranking them, like, sixth, fifth in the, in the, um, in the West. And I know it is the West, but I don't think the Lakers are going to be better than the Spurs. With, you know, DeRozan and Aldridge, they forgot how bad the Spurs were the seventh seed, and they were missing their one of the best players in the league. And then now getting uh, a superstar in DeMar DeRozan with Aldridge, that's going to bump them up at least to to see him from seventh to at least fifth seed. I tell you, they'll I, be better than the Lakers. I I, I, I totally agree with you, Luke. I, first of all, you can't discount coaching, and Pop is the best coach in the NBA. Yes. And I think that that alone gives the Spurs an extra ten wins a season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and I I'm gonna, think I, I'll go on record as saying this here: it's it's August 9th, two thousand eighteen. The season hasn't started yet, so. You heard it here first. The Lakers are going to be a train wreck this season. I don't think they'll be a train wreck, but I I Luke, think they could. They're going to be a bad team. They're going to be a bad team this season. Mark my words. Here's what I think is going to happen. First of all, you have all these personalities, this dynamic. Yeah. Wait. No shooting. No shooting. The, the lineup that this team mm-hmm. has constructed, the roster this team has constructed that supposedly LeBron has constructed, I almost think he is setting them up. Or, or no, I shouldn't say he's setting them up, but I think they've been they're in a position that if they fail this season, they're going to blame it, it on LeBron. Well, no, I don't think they will. I think it's LeBron it's easy to look at this lineup and justify why they may fail this season. I think they may fail because it's going to be kind of like the Cavs last year. I know a lot of people are saying like the Lakers are better than the Cavs last year. Well, when you think about it, the Cavs. They had Kevin Love, who's still a, an all-star, maybe a little below all-star player. And then you had so many role players. You had a, a pretty good bench, you know, and George Hill or even Jordan Clarkson, whichever one you would bring off the bench. And, you know, Kyle Korver and those guys, Seti Osman. You had a really good um, role team around LeBron. Well, here's the thing. But about- the Lakers don't have another... Even close to all star player. They've got really year. good young talent, but yes. I I I, I wonder if he, if his presence, if if that will actually elevate their performance, or if in some way it will detract from their performance because he is such a dominant and such a vocal and demanding teammate. And then you add into the the mix these 
individual personalities, the Michael Beasley's, the Lance Stevenson's, the Rondos, JaVale, JaVale McGee's. I mean, and then now you have Le- imagine like, that combustible locker room. And then you got Lonzo. If things don't go well, imagine LeVar in the locker room. Uh, it just <laughs> it's it reeks of dysfunction to me. So I will. I yep. and I, I hey, I'm going to love every minute of it, good or bad. I think it's going to be a fun show to watch. Yeah. And it, you, you talk about Showtime being yeah. back in La Showtime, La Land. Yeah, yeah, it's now, it's back, it's folks. Back, yeah, they have a lot of playmakers now. I think they won't be a train wreck, but I don't think they're going to be as good as people. People are saying fifth, fourth right. seed, maybe even third seed. I'm hearing which people is say fifty five wins. Yeah, that's the crazy. No and way. they're that's already Magic is saying. A style that we're going to play, they're going to try to focus on LeBron being in the post more. Because you saw LeBron's post fade away last year. They're trying crazy. to remake him into but, what yeah, Jordan like, did what, late And, in and same career. with Kobe. Mm-hmm. Kobe also did the, the fade away. And they're going to try to do that same with LeBron. Is LeBron and ready to do that, though? I mean, I don't think so. Because I don't either. what's going to happen is they're going to try to have LeBron in the post and then a lot of playmakers who are going to be able to create a shot for themselves, which I really like that. But they don't have any shooters. They Lonzo can't shoot. Brandon Ingram in that starting lineup and Kyle Kuzma. I don't even know if Kyle Kuzma will start. Are like the only players in that lineup that can actually shoot a three ball consistently. Cause you, cause I feel like they're gonna try to have people create a shot for themselves and LeBron play in the post. It's not going to work because LeBron is not going to be able to accept that because all the players, they're not going to be working well together, and then LeBron's just going to have to take over and they're going to be a seven or six seed. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then the locker room problems, they're going to have a lot of locker room problems, I think, with Rondo, JaVale, LeBron, and Lance. And then you have Lonzo in there, who is not a locker room problem, but his dad is a problem. And I don't. Some of these guys, I don't know necessarily that they're a problem. Rondo and Lance necessarily, but I could see them. I really like the signings in I, terms of. Their I could see them set. just like emotionally, like just detaching. Like if things go yeah. go south, I, those are, those are the type of guys. Based on my experience watching them play, that they can very easily just disconnect and shut off that switch and go into this place where they're not really even engaged anymore with the team. Okay, so let's move on. Let's talk about some of the other news this offseason. What are some of the other things that jumped out at you since we last did our podcast, Luke? Isaiah Thomas. Um, I was sure, surprised by his signing. I thought yeah. he was really going to go for max money, and he did. And he was trying to get a max deal with the Magic going, and it just didn't work out. And then he accepted a near-minimum contract with the Nuggets, which I really like that signing. I think the Nuggets... But I'm a little confused because they do have um, Gary Harris and Will Barton at that shooting guard position. And then you got Jamal Murray, who was great last year. What was it, 17, 16 points a game last year for Jamal Murray? Only, And now he's going into his third season. I thought they would have him at point guard. But now uh, with Isaiah, I don't know if they're going to play Will Barton at backup small forward or you know Gary Harris, and they're going to throw Murray back in his original position, but I think his better position is the one. But they ran him at the two his first year, which he was still pretty good. But they might try to run him back there, and then run Isaiah at the one. I think they're making the playoffs, but I don't think people are going to – they're as good as people say. Like, people are saying they're better than the Pacers, better than – I mean, they might be better than the Lakers. It's 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 tough between them two. Um and the Jazz. They're expecting the Jazz to be a top three top three seed. They're expecting the Jazz to go off this year. And the and the Pacers, they expect the Jazz to maybe make the playoffs. The Pacers, not even close. And when you think about that, 
yeah, the Pacers were really underrated coming into the season, but so were the Jazz. And then the mm-hmm. Jazz were the, were, had the same record as the Pacers, mm-hmm. and now they have Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. but they have Victor Oladipo, who is better. A lot of people will say no, but he is better. And then you have Miles Turner, who's going to be on the rise up soon. And then with the Pacers, a lot of people are saying, you know, four seed. Yeah, yeah. And then the Jazz, top three seed. In the West. And it's just mind-boggling because I think the Pacers have a better team. Especially, you know, just adding Tyreek Evans, Kyle Quinn, Doug McDermott. Losing Lance, but, I mean, we lost a lot of players, but we also gained a lot of better players. And I just You think say we. We are based in Indiana, in all fairness here, gosh. so central Indiana. Uh, and, Luke, I, you mentioned Victor Oladipo. I, I, I'm sure you're not biased at all. Um, by the fact that you were just at his camp a couple of days ago, um, and what was it? What was the? What is your exchange with him? What did you say to him? I said, so I was doing a drill, and um, you know they had like songs playing on the whole time. You know, Vicky saw me, and you know he was just doing his dance like he was doing the whole time, um, and and I was like MVP, and he was just like huh, and I was like MVP, and he and he just like shook his head like yeah yeah <laughs> like and. I was just really happy to say that, but I think Vic is going to average at least 25 points a game. What did you think of the camp? Let's talk a little bit about the camp, because as a parent, I didn't stay during the the camp sessions. Yeah, and I could have won something if you stayed. Um, (laughs) You could have put out Twee, and then you could have... At the camp. But you're you're oh. fortunate enough to be able to get into the yeah, camp yeah. that was sold was, out. Oh and, wow, and, yeah. And, uh, really close. And I want to thank my, my buddy Kyle with Pro Camps for for um, getting us in there. So um, so yeah, so you, you, you had a couple of a couple of days mm-hmm. around Victor Oladipo. He was there for the entire camp. Mm-hmm. Well um, the first day he was there for half like the second half. Sure, of it. sure. The second day he was there, there for the whole for time. And um, I know he made a couple of speeches to you guys. What were some of the takeaways that you got from his speeches? I thought there were, there was one that I showed up for them the first yeah. day that I thought was pretty interesting when he was talking about the yeah. the uh, letter above his bed. This was you know yeah. Oladipo, she, uh, um, uh, comeback player of the year, not a comeback player of the year, uh, most improved last yeah. year, most improved player of the year last or most improved player last year, uh, averaged what twenty three for the Pacers. Yeah, twenty three, uh, five and four, so, and then and led the league in steals. Yeah, and, defensive first team. Uh, so what, share Oladipo's story because I thought it was a good one. Well, he talked about when he was a kid, he was only seven years old, he played like every sport. He played tennis, he played basketball, football, soccer, he wanted to do it all. And his mom told him, you want to be a jack-of-all-trades master of nothing. And he didn't get that until he was 17, he said. And then he realized what she meant. And he already gave up a little of those sports, and then he realized that she wanted him to do one thing. And so he focused on basketball, and that's where he is today now. I don't think he would be where he was if it wasn't, you know, he said to really thank his mom because his mom gave him motivation. Mm-hmm. And, like, everybody doubted him, including his um, his dad and, you know, uh, his sisters really doubt. They were, like, they didn't really doubt him, but they, they kind of doubted it, you know, that he would make it professionally and now he's a, I think, he's in a couple of years, in a couple of years, MVP candidate. So it's and he was talking a lot, but he was he, he was yeah. telling the story about the the, yeah. the letter and yeah. being an all star. He um had on top of his bed on the ceiling right when he woke up. The first thing he's because the reason he did this so 
the fir- when he woke up, the first thing he saw was become an all-star mm-hmm. on his ceiling. He wrote that since his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And then, and he's been doing that on all of his ceilings. And then he also put it on his door. So when he, the first time he leaves, every time he sees right before he leaves, he, he, it says become an all star, and he smacks it. And then you know he goes to practice. And then when he knew that the all star selections were that night, and he was watching, you know, EJ Chuck, uh, Shaq and er- Shaq and Ernie. Oh no, Shaq and Ernie. Shaq and Kenny. Yeah. And um, he sat on his couch and he was watching. When he got named an all-star, he started crying like a baby. And he said, he said like he was just crying the whole night. And pretty much all of them were tears of joy. Um, I just found that really motivational and inspiring. That you could do basically anything as long as you work hard and um, you know, it wasn't just about, you know, motivation and stuff. He, we learned, um, a lot about the game and I, and I, and that's where I realized of how, um, how aggressive basketball can be. Like that was my first experience. That's going to be like what it's going to be like, uh, playing maybe in middle school or even high school. Like it, they were, um, it was really, I mean, they weren't calling anything either, but they were like, everybody was like throwing elbows. They were, and they were being really, I would just say, aggressive. And it was one of my first experiences of basketball like that, you know. And I think I was able to learn um, that it's it's not as easy as it was in <clears throat> earlier leagues. And so I just found that interesting and helpful for, you know, the next couple of years. That's a great story, yeah. Luke. I, I think that's a, a, a good lesson to learn and a, a good way to end this, this episode. And, hey, we're back better than ever. Don't call it a comeback. We've been here for months. <laughs> episode nine in the books, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on Father and Son. Basketball Podcast. We'll be back with you soon. Peace.